0: Hey, Corey. Hey, Sarah. So.
1: It's awful lonely in here.
0: (laughs) Right. So, um, so I, uh, so this is the Comic Vine podcast. It is
1: still the Comic Vine podcast, even when it's just the dynamic duo.
0: For the week of March 2nd, 2012. Whoa. So we were supposed to have James Robinson on the podcast.
1: We did, uh, to an extent. We did.
0: For an hour and 40 minutes, we had James Robinson on the podcast. And what we didn't realize was that uh, DC publicity released uh, not only an image of Superman's new costume designed by Jim Lee, but they also mentioned that uh, Lois Lane would be dying. (laughs) Perhaps
1: not active.
0: (laughs) In Earth 2. And James didn't know that this information was being leaked.
1: There was a huge breakdown of communication on a lot of levels.
0: And then we received...
1: Torrents of questions. Of questions for
0: James, uh, asking him what is going on, and this is all your fault, and blaming him for things. And um, Basically what it comes down to is we were put in a position, because we didn't realize it until halfway through the podcast that uh, these questions were asked and, and all all of this stuff went down. So we were not treating the question at all. Yeah. We and, were like, what
1: are these, what's what going you, on? Yeah. This these people insane. are crazy. Y'all are crazy. Meanwhile, like
0: I didn't know that Lois was going to be dead. So uh, I'm sitting there, I'm like, you didn't kill Lois Lane. Why are yeah. these people attacking you? And he's like, yeah. I know I didn't kill Lois Lane. <laughs> Little did I know, but, uh, he was just
1: keeping like the secret. He was just keeping the secret. Like, like he
0: was just doing his job. So, uh, what, what happened was um we decided that since since that information was revealed and he had not yet spoken to you know the company that gives him his paycheck right it would put us in a bad position to publish a podcast uh, and with, then with not
1: potentially sensitive information <laughs> yeah with
0: potentially sensitive information and also uh not really. Like, he doesn't know exactly what he can and cannot say now because he hasn't spoken to his people. Yeah. And what we really want is is some answers. Yeah. Uh, about what's going on and to get information about, you know, this death of Lois Lane and, and what have you.
1: And we'd also rather no one look foolish.
0: <laughs> right. And we, of course, nobody wants to look silly. Um, so what we decided was that uh, since James doesn't have any more time to stay here today and talk to us, uh he's about he's he left and he said he'd come back on Monday and hopefully answer our questions. He is a then. man about town. <laughs> uh which sort of bums me out because <laughs> yes. I just spent an hour and forty minutes recording a podcast that I can't do anything and we with. We had
1: some really good banter.
0: We did. <laughs> um so so Corey what uh maybe we should just uh Going. Let's
1: let's just start reviewing some comics, and then we will answer questions that are addressed specifically to Comic Vine.
0: Right. Um, uh, we'll talk about the
1: Avengers trailer. Uh, what we will not talk about is the Earth 2 announcement. Basically.
0: <laughs> uh, unfortunately. So I, I'm really sorry to those of you who were so looking forward to, you know, getting James on the podcast and hearing what he has to say. Uh, I'm really sorry. But um, your thirst
1: will be slaked on come Monday.
0: Yeah, so Monday, hopefully, we're going to have a, a special edition podcast for you guys and uh, get James in the office to really answer your questions. Um, and if that doesn't happen, then I will go to his house and... <laughs> and nothing <be> like, else. <laughs> dude, dude, answer my questions. <laughs> All right.
1: You'll blare them through a, a, a boombox a la John Cusack and say anything.
0: Not as romantic as that.
1: Well, no, but that'll that'll be the irony.
0: Um, so let's start with Venom Goes to Hell... This is part five of Circle of Four story arc. It's issue 13.4 of Venom. And this book has, like, very little to do with Venom. So Venom, yeah, it really Even doesn't... though he's right there on the cover. I know. He's on the cover, <laughs> but he's not really in the issue. So this issue and this series has really been a lot about Alejandra and um, her journey as the ghostwriter. And...
1: Which is awesome. I
0: feel like I'm repeating myself because I said all this already. Yeah, exactly. But maybe it sounds better the second time around. <laughs> we, uh, that was
1: a rehearsal. It
0: was. <laughs> um, sometimes it's really cool to, to. Uh, I, I mean, I really enjoyed Alejandra's uh, first first series. And I, I think right. she's great. Um, but we didn't get a lot out of her character. No, and, and it was didn't... a
1: real pity that, like, I guess I would have to assume the book was already kind of on the outs. Mm-hmm. Because nobody, like, introduces a new character and then cancels the book, like, four or five issues later. Like, that would be completely counterintuitive. It would be completely bizarre to do. So they must have known the book was on the outs and they just already had this storyline set up. But it was really unfortunate that we got this dynamic, interesting new ghost rider who's got this really unique outlook on what the spirit of vengeance what Zarathos uh, actually is. And then immediately we lose the title. Uh yeah. so it's been really cool to see her pop up in this. Likewise X twenty three. This is kind of like the the island of misfit uh female yeah. heroes. Yeah, but it's <laughs>
0: it's it's really great to see them uh in, on a book and actually doing something, you know. Yeah, like with active. their books count ca- really cancelled. It's nice to see them. I thought
1: they were taking this in one direction, they go in another one, it's great.
0: It's also it's really great, great. uh it, it's a really great team. It's a very unlikely yeah. team. I
1: really like how this yeah. team barely holds together.
0: But they still <laughs> hold together Cool. And
1: uh, Lon Medina's art. I believe it's Lon Medina, right? Not Paco or Angel. It is Lon Medina. Okay. Lon Medina's art is amazing. Uh, He is a really, really perfect artist for this uh, because he sort of does the set. I don't want to even say photo realistic, but... He has a more grounded style than someone like, say, Umberto Ramos or even, like, either of the other Medinas, mm-hmm. but he still knows when to, like, crank it up. Like, Hulk still looks gargantuan, and Ghost Rider still looks completely crazy, and yeah. Blackheart is still, like, eight feet tall. No,
0: I think, he, <laughs> I think he does a great job in this book. All right, moving on. Woo! So, Ultimate X-Men. Now, I gave this a really high score because I've been really enjoying the series. Yeah. And I really like the dialogue uh, in, in the scenes with Nick Fury. Mm-hmm. I thought they Absolutely. were cool. Um, the
1: series has gone completely off the rails in the best way possible.
0: So, you we don't, like, okay, and the art? Art's really good. Carlo uh, Barberi, so good. Yeah. Like, this two-page spread of uh, the, the Twin Cities. Tian. Tian amazing gorgeous uh, amazing so really really beautiful stuff and um the, ultimately we don't know what side jean gray is on you know and we
1: ultimately don't know what like what any like the last 3 issues these last 3 issues have all had last pages that are like
0: what yeah exactly <laughs> what is happening i'm so confused and frightened but it's so cool <laughs> like very interesting this book is a little all over the place but that's uh um Uh,
1: <laughs> Train of thought. Uh, yeah, at the station. Uh, yeah. Um,
0: but yeah, this book has been a lot of fun so yeah. far. I, it, it is all over the place, but I still really like in it in a
1: really fun way. Yeah,
0: in a really fun way. And yeah. I know that some people are not so into it. I, I oh
1: Tony. Tony. Really like Tony's in Disneyland by the way.
0: I know. he's So that. lucky. Uh, he is so lucky. Oh, he's there
1: with his. He's so lucky. He's not
0: and here and right now. <laughs> for this for crazy this disaster. Past. <laughs> What the crap? Um,
1: this has got to
0: be the worst day. Oh,
1: It's been hectic.
0: It's been ridiculous. And
1: I, I'm on a ridiculous ticking clock that I don't even know about because I'm waiting on a computer part but you that know I what? can't install. You're getting
0: paid to be here right now. This is right true. Now. This is like the longest day of work you have ever right? had.
1: Um, if I were getting paid hourly, they would have to call in like protective services. Oh my God. Kids. But that is not a complaint. I love being here. Um, <laughs> absolutely adore we it. We love
0: having you, Corey. Aww. Uh, the Shade Number 5 <laughs> which came out this week.
1: Written by James Robinson. Written by you James Robinson.
0: Which is the reason why...
1: He was uh, going to be on the cast today, because he's always said, Whenever there's a podcast, I will be here.
0: Um, which is the... Yeah. That, <laughs> that is that's the reason why. my perfect
1: James Robinson impression. So,
0: uh, so, about The Shade.
1: Yes. Really good. Really awesome. I gave it a 5. Uh, yes, I really that is it. a deserved score. Uh, so
0: Lasangre <laughs> La comes back. Yes. and uh, the shade is in uh, Barcelona for three issues to this uh, this Barcelona. part. Of the, yeah, it's beautiful.
1: with uh, Javier Pulido oh my gosh, pulling so art good. <laughs> so
0: good. Yeah. he's fantastic.
1: amazing. Uh,
0: I think it's I think it's great. Um I really yeah. feel like a lot of thought was put into the, the different artists, you know, and it. Like this artist for this particular period of time, and, and I actually know. feel like
1: this is a smooth transition from Darwin Cook. Totally, like, I, I don't think like, it's not jarring it's, at yeah, all. Yeah, no, I actually for a moment I was like, Wait, is that still Darwin Cook? Nope, totally not. Yeah, so good job, good on you, Polito. You,
0: <laughs> but it's nice. I mean, it, it's a really great issue. Um, the pacing has been really good. Uh, James manages to like do a lot with the story and move move it in a way that's that's really, really great. So a lot happens here, but it doesn't feel like you're bombarded with information as Yeah,
1: absolutely. Which makes this actually a really good jumping on issue. Like, yeah. if you've been kind of hesitant on the shade, but you keep hearing what we're saying about it, and you keep hearing how awesome it sounds, this is a great issue to start reading. Yeah. We're, we're a little less than halfway through the run, and this issue... You really don't... Because actually, my shameful admission, I really only jumped on The Shade, I think, around issue two or three. I felt a little lost, but I felt like I was completely on board with what this one had going on.
0: Oh, man. All right. (laughs) Amazing Spider-Man, Dan Slott, Um, I'll just real quick
1: talk about This one is great. We get to see Spidey and Johnny Storm team up, go to space. Uh, Their banter is amazing. Dan Slott does really just the best. I guess it's actually... I'm seeing on the cover, Dan Slott and Chris Yost. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know who wrote what, but they both did an amazing job. It is hilarious. It is really good. It is really also intense when it needs to be. Um, Yeah, I I really, I think it's a great book that can be recommended without without hesitation. Uh,
0: So let's talk about Justice League number six a little bit.
1: Oh, yes, let's.
0: So we're still five years ago. Yep. yep. Uh, and we've concluded. dark side. Dark seed. Dark seed. <laughs> dark seed the dark often side. mispronounced dark side. If Tony, we're here. Dark seed. Really Tony. <laughs> How do you pronounce this guy? How long have name? you been
1: working in the industry, Tony? No.
0: Tony. Uh, <laughs> but we miss him. We do. Um so this is a cool panel, all white. Yeah. All white everything. All white
1: explosion, all bunch white of people. All white everything. All white all the time.
0: And uh we <laughs> Oh, wow! Wow!
1: What? Wow! What? I can't believe I said that. I'm more racist than that movie Volcano.
0: Oh my God!
1: Who's main moral message seemed to be if everyone was white, there'd be no
0: racism. So Pandora's in this issue. Yeah, too. She gets,
1: there's a little backup story with her and the Phantom Stranger, yeah, we who we have possibly. not seen in the new Fifty Two. No, we haven't. So we who, find
0: out a little bit more about her and what her her deal who she is. She is what she, she is. is. Yeah.
1: she's the woman in red. It turns out. <laughs> <Party in
0: red. laughs> uh, good issue. Excellent. Definitely a lot I mean, of fun. yeah, it's it's
1: fun. I still feel like it, the dark side thing was a bit of a knee jerk. Like,
0: you don't you don't uh, like the fact that they threw in such a big name dude, uh, huh?
1: Really don't. I think they could have just as easily done this with Mongol.
0: Yeah.
1: Mongol's like dark side without the uh, the need for backstory. Like he right. shows up. He's a warlord. He's got a planet that can shoot things. Mm-hmm. Like, what more do you need? He's, he can go toe to toe with Superman. Like, totally. maybe not previously, because I think Superman kind of worked him over when they actually
0: yeah, I think so too. butt heads,
1: but whatever, increases power a little bit. He shoots lasers out of his chest. Like, he's got henchmen. He's got the war worlders who could be causing mayhem, and the Justice League could still totally build. If a giant planetoid spaceship showed up in Earth orbit and started just zapping cities, I think that would be a big enough deal for the Justice League to unite yeah,
0: totally. and get involved. Like, Darkseid is like. It's, it's like your like ace, right? Yeah. Like, you pull it out when
1: you're, you're, you need it. You're opening with a haymaker.
0: Yeah. Like, How do you top this? Yeah,
1: exactly. Like, who the heck is going to be the bigger threat next yeah. month? I mean, <laughs> I
0: totally get what you're saying, where you're coming from, and I completely agree. Um, so... Yeah, I I'm I'm still a fun book. Don't get me wrong. No, it's definitely a fun book. But I'm interested to see like how are they going to top this?
1: And something they actually do really well is show Batman's role in the league. Because I've always, even at his finest, I'm like, well, they kind of had to jack his power up to do that. His power being preparedness, brains, and even to some extent like speed and intelligence. Like, even in Superman-Batman, which is a series that I love when uh, Jeff Loeb was writing it, it mm-hmm. was like, you had Batman, like, going toe-to-toe with Captain Marvel, and it's like, really? Yeah. I don't,
2: <laughs> I don't think this is
1: how this, this would go down.
2: No, I totally agree.
1: Um, but in this one, they they have... Batman is the scalpel in the Justice League. While the rest of them are chainsaws, he is the scalpel. He is doing, like, the fine work under the radar. And, yeah, I, I really like how they used him in this book.
0: Yeah. And speaking
1: of Batman, Batman Beyond Unlimited. Uh,
0: So this is... This is a, a bunch of different stories, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it's two different stories. Right. There, there's so, a Batman
1: Beyond story, and then there's a Justice League Beyond featuring Batman
0: It's story. A, one's written by Dustin Wynn. Yep. And the other is uh, Adam Beechin. I
1: think it's actually also drawn by him. I could be mistaken. Yeah, I know it is. I think. Uh, yes. Yeah. It is written and drawn.
0: Um, so pretty good, right? Loved it. Like, this if, is a good jumping on point, too, if you've ever... Yes.
1: Guessed. I have... Uh, I, I picked up Hush Beyond and recently, and like, uh, then... M- uh, oh God! What is it called? Industrial Revolution is the one that comes is the story that comes after that. Both of those absolutely blew me away because usually, when you take a comic book and make it into a cartoon, it actually usually turns out pretty well. Like if you look uh, beyond the eighties, like eighties and later, because let's not talk about those cartoons in the sixties. Um, but like you've got the Batman animated series, you've got the Spider-Man animated series, X Men, a lot of good, even Batman Beyond, of course, and Justice League Unlimited, yada yada yada. For some reason, though, when you turn it back, when you take a cartoon make it into a comic, not so much. No. A lot of times, you'll it'll just come off as, like, stilted. It'll come off as, like, you're trying to sound like the cartoon, but you're failing. Yeah. This is the opposite. This okay. completely works. It reads like how the cartoon sounds. If you liked the Batman Beyond cartoon, you will absolutely like this. Um, Beyond that, we have the two Avengers books, uh, which are great. I continue to really, really love Bendis' writing. Mm -hmm. Um, Something that got brought up, uh, that I will echo now, is that uh, Norman Osborn may have come back a bit prematurely.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to talk about Echo.
1: No. (laughs) That's Moon Knight. Uh, Osborn, there might not have been enough downtime away from Norman Osborn. Um, He, and yeah, like, I, I... I kind of feel like we could have used some time away from him. And I also kind of wonder where he's going after this, because he can't put on the Halloween costume and start throwing pumpkins at people after this, like after he's made moves to conquer America uh, in such a brazen fashion, and actually come very close. And uh, he continues to get pretty close in this. Um, but yeah, the, the two Avengers titles running parallel, uh, you can read them in any order, which is really cool. There is no like, oh, if you haven't read this one, don't read this one. They play off each other really, really well. Uh, And speaking of Moon Knight, uh, Norm, not a fan. Not a fan fan fan. of what happened to Echo last issue. Yeah, what what happened? Uh, She gets Count Nefaria or Nefara. I can never remember if there's an I or not. uh, Blew out her chest cavity (laughs) with an energy blast, and apparently disintegrated her heart.
0: Ridiculous.
1: Um, she is featured though quite heavily, or what remains of her is featured quite heavily in this issue, which makes me think that before we all jump down Bendis' throat for killing one of his own creations, also let's not forget that Bendis did create Echo. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean,
0: I don't know how, like, if that, like, if that's really a justification. I think for, it
1: kind of like it's you know he created her, he can do what he wants yeah. with his own character. No, no. <laughs> I mean, as long as it serves a story, as long as... I mean, and Bendis has never been one to shy away from, like, just acing someone very abruptly. Um, but I don't think he's done with her. That's my opinion. I am not basing that on any kind of fact. But just how much emphasis her autopsy gets in this and, like, how, how many panels she's in, quite frankly, I think that Bendis uh, still has some Echo stories to tell. We are just... Flying through these. See? Speaking time of around, flying, works Falcon on the cover of the Ultimates. That's a
0: good cover. It's
1: a great cover. I like um, it. it could have maybe been used last issue because he had a big, way bigger role last issue. But <laughs> um, I have loved this book. Uh, still written by Brian Hickman, drawn by Assad Ribbick, who is amazing. Mm-hmm. Just God, look at that! Like every panel, every panel just looks gorgeous, and. um we, we sort, sort of get to know more about, about the zorn, zorn twins by the way i love love that one of the biggest continuity embarrassments in the mainstream marvel universe is being used in the ultimate universe to what i consider to be great effect and that is the uh, the two zorn brothers <laughs> um yeah, we get to see more of this this post ultimatum Ultimates universe that I kind of think always should have been, where it's different right. from the Marvel universe. Yeah. It's not just like the edgy and cool right. Captain America who hates French people and kicks Hulk in the nuts. Never eats
0: French fries. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He
1: eats freedom fries, mother Falcon. Uh, oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, this is like this is a story, and I love Mark Millar. I say that with all love. Oh, you do. This is a. Uh, This This is, is, I feel like, like they're they're telling telling a different different story with these characters, Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, a lot of it is like the C and D listers getting some attention. Like, yeah, we've still got Nick Fury, we've still got Hawkeye, and Captain America, but we've also got, like I said, the Zorn twins.
0: Right. Um, I read the Darkness One Hundred, which you don't have here, but that was pretty good. So uh, existential. Really. Seriously.
1: So So, okay, here's something. I would like to know because we just had a new darkness video game come out a couple of weeks ago I haven't either. I've got it waiting in my mailbox But I have,
0: like, uh, I have heard that like it's really good. I
1: really liked the story of the first one I've heard good things about the story of the second one when I went to go read the darkness like from the beginning not a fan
0: no, well, I mean that was like Mark Silvestri, Darkness. So I'm saying, like,
1: where where is a good place to start if you want to get into like the more ja- the more pathosy so, Jackie Estacado? Not a, where his weakness thing. is that he can't have unprotected sex. <laughs>
0: that's,
1: that's his kryptonite.
0: Terrible is weakness. Is that he doesn't want
1: to use a condom. God,
0: what the crap, right? <laughs> I like, I That is that so and I was like, funny.
1: Has he not heard of this birth control? <laughs> is he just super? Oh, let's not, not get into it. No. <laughs> Last time we did this, he someone had, created a Twitter
0: account. <laughs> he's got like, this is going to be so bad. I can't believe it. He's got like sperms of steel. There we
1: go. No, That's what seriously. I was trying to shy away from. No, I know, I know. I went there. For Jackie Estacato's sperm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs>
1: anyway, where is a good place to jump on if you want some of the more like existential or pathosy? Or...
0: Dude, Phil Hester's run. Phil Hester's run. And this okay. is like this is actually like the sad thing is that issue 100 is Phil Hester's final issue. Well, where does he start? Uh, that's a great in, question. In I think like I mean, 60s or something. Uh, I I'd have to look it up. But, okay. Well, whatever. Um, okay. Phil Hester. Phil Hester did for Jackie Estacado what Ron Mars did. For Witchblade, which is completely re- uh, revolutionize the character, give them a lot more depth and make them multifaceted. Okay. You know, Jackie Estacado is pretty shallow, but <laughs> he's a mob
1: hitman. There's only yeah, so many, many ways to make that sympathetic.
0: But <laughs> he, but you do sympathize with him. Um, you know, he has a kid that he really cares about, and uh, is not willing to sacrifice. And there are certain qualities to his character that. Can be endearing, you know. I mean, I mean, he does summon like this dark creature and like <laughs> to
1: tear people to shreds, to, to, to li- <laughs>
0: literally, literally tear them to shreds and and s- like smear the walls with their blood. <laughs> However, he can sometimes be an endearing, interesting character, which and, I think is,
1: is something the video game did really well. Like when yeah. and I guess, spoiler alert for a video game that's almost ten years old. When his girlfriend gets killed in that, you, like, feel his pain. Like, you feel the punch of that, especially because her last words to him are, it's not your fault. It's like, oh, God. Mm-hmm. And, like, it, it really, somehow, they, like, managed to make this this kind of scummy... Mob hitman, hitman into a semi sympathetic character
0: yeah you d- you do sympathize with Jackie in the video game a little bit, yeah, and that was um, kind of why I
1: wanted to get into the darkness
0: yeah you I mean, you should totally give uh, Phil Hester's run a shot. this is super existential. Cool. this is Jackie staccato uh kills himself, oh jeez, yeah, but he he did that before, oh okay, and he enters the realm of the darkness, Ooh. so what Phil Hester has done is essentially like expanded the darkness it into something more than just like this this demon that is within Jackie. Mm. This demon has an entire realm and he owns and, and like and like has constructed this entire dimension that Jackie that goes awesome. into <laughs> and then he's like, "Oh, darkness, screw you." I'm going to defeat you and I'm going to become the darkness. So rather than being possessed Man. by the demon that's like possessing him, he like kills himself in order to enter this demon realm. This sounds incredible. To become the demon, which means that he'll be able to like essentially oh my God, like I'm
1: clipping the freaking microphone. This right? sounds so awesome. Like it's
0: so like it's super crazy and like far out and like yeah. Wow. Okay. So good. Get on board. <laughs> so uh unfortunately this is Full Hester's final issue on the run, but this was a four issue arc and this is a beautiful way to end a series that it, or like a a run that's been really good. Right. Um so so I've always liked uh full hester's darkness, so yeah. Um next issue that we want to talk about, FF. Uh, F you, right you like FF? The I this. did.
1: I have finally I finally feel like I know what is happening in FF. Yeah.
0: Because I started
1: this series around issue four or five. I, you could not have held a gun to my head and gotten me to tell you what was going on. Really? <laughs> there were, like, all these Reed Richardses, and the, oh my the summary page is always really short. It's always, like, a two sentences. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like there were evil reeds, and Dr. Doom was like playing both sides against the middle and Reed's father had shown up. And I'm, I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. As, uh, as Max Landis said, <laughs> Um but yeah, I feel like I've caught up. I feel like I've seen the characters enough. I've seen them behave in certain ways often enough that I finally have a, some grasp on what's going on in this book. And I like it. It is this, It is a family book that is somehow about uh, space giants trying to blow up the world. (laughs) Um, Uh, I think that Hickman strikes this really interesting dichotomy between these, like, cosmic stories, which Marvel has been absolutely knocking out of the park lately. Mm -hmm. Like, Abnett and Lanning, what they're doing with the Annihilators Mm -hmm. and the Guardians of the Galaxy, it has been amazing. This is very similar, where somehow they manage to ground and personalize uh, events that are shaking the universe.
0: (laughs) I've loved this series. Uh, I think it's interesting. Um, It's like crazy cosmic stuff happening, but it's still grounded in reality, which is crazy. How is this possible?
1: I want to lock Hickman, Abnett, and Lanning in a room and be like, how are you doing this? Yeah, like how how, how are you making me
0: believe... That this could happen. Yeah. How is because the universe
1: at stake, but I care about this little rocket or raccoon in a space suit?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So great. Like, yeah. this is a really fun book. I actually really like the kids the yeah. FF kids. I've come around on them. I think, I they're, of, I think they're sweet. Like, I, I always them annoying, sort of like them.
1: They, they, you can see Hickman does a really good job also of peppering in uh, here and there, reminding you that they are still kids. Yeah. Because that's what I always hate is when kids act like adults. Oh. Right? (laughs) And And these kids kids try to and it doesn't always work out and I like that.
0: I know. Um, So Astonishing X-Men. Did we talk about that? We We
1: did did briefly because you've been following it. I haven't. Um, I jumped jumped on on this issue. It seemed interesting. interesting. You were not a fan. Um,
0: (laughs) This is probably not the best place to start because I feel like it's like Well, it's (laughs) the end of the arc. So no, it's definitely not the best place to jump Um, on. Isn't the the relationship or like the interaction between Cyclops and Storm? Mohawk Storm. Mohawk Storm. Is really interesting. She's like so in love with him. Oh, um, how tragic! It is tragic. Got um,
1: cowboy Wolverine. But it's <laughs> but it's
0: sweet. Like I I think it's I think it's sweet. It's been interesting. You know, this is definitely like this is a Cyclops story. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't affect the rest of the X Men universe, so you don't have to worry about that. You can just jump into it uh, at the beginning of the arc, obviously. Not here, <laughs> right? because um, this is ending. Uh, but yeah. It, it's it's been it's been an interesting run. And uh, In- invincible.
1: Invincible uh, continues to be the best superhero book on the shelf. Um, All right. It's incredible.
0: It's a good jumping on point too, right? The yes. Issue. So, so,
1: something sorry, happened the last issue. I will not even come close to saying what, but suffice it to say, uh, Mark Grayson is out of commission for a time, uh, and someone has stepped into it to fill the boots. Um, but yeah, just I love the way Kirkman writes because he never. Or <laughs> if he does do this, then he does a great job of covering his tracks later on. Mm-hmm. He seemingly never puts anything in his book that is of no consequence. Like, you'll see in the first, literally the first issue of Invincible, uh, Omni Man, uh, Grayson's father, is fighting this, like, giant, white, Chinese style dragon in one panel. In, God, I want to say it's, like, volume 10. So, like, almost 60 issues later, we finally find out who that is. And it's an awesome reveal. <laughs> um, so yeah, these books are so rereadable. Like you go back and you're like, "Oh, that's who that was," or "Oh my god, that was totally set up here." Um, so yeah, it's it's an amazing book. Very it Continues cool. to be amazing.
0: Um, so we saw the Avengers trailer. Woo! Pretty cool. We're just gonna jump right into news that yeah. we've already covered. <laughs> news. Avengers trailer. Holy
1: moly! Um, big bada boom. So
0: like uh, like when we previously recorded this, we right. we, we we mentioned that uh, we. Neither one of us was so much better. I know. Uh, Neither neither, neither one of us. (laughs) Neither one of us really appreciates the fact that uh, we could see everything that's going to happen in this movie. So we hope that they have something in store that's new.
1: How are y'all going to top Hulk catching Iron Man in midair? How? How? uh, I hope you do. I want you to. I
0: I just just don't see how that's going to happen. Yeah, but that was
1: that was was like like the gasp moment of that that trailer. Totally. Uh, so that was great. Um, what other? I don't think we actually had any other. No, movies. we didn't really have a lot.
0: We saw our Earth Two costume designs throughout the week, right? Uh, and today, uh, this Sarah morning. and I, not big
1: fans of Supergirl,
0: not really at all. Don't really like. What did you the, say? Looks like it was the done in 1950s MS bikini. Paint. Yeah.
1: Okay. Oh yeah. I That's said it looks terrible. Like it was done in MS I mean,
0: Jim Lee's Jim Lee's stuff is pretty cool, but yeah, everything but, else.
1: But that that yeah, the, I don't the, understand the, the, why we're still, still stuck in this like. like Weird 1950s one-piece bikini costumes. Like,
0: that doesn't look good. No. Unless you're a lifeguard. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, we were not too pleased about that. Then there was the whole thing about Lois Lane being dead in Earth 2, <laughs> which we'll talk to James. Oh, did James. that happen? <laughs> that happened. Which hadn't which Which we'll talk to James about on Monday. Um, yeah, so we'll get the pod- that podcast on Tuesday. I have no, Tuesday. no strong feelings about that one way or no? the No? No?
1: I, I don't really, because I know James is a good writers, writer, so...
0: He also yeah. he also really loves uh <laughs> super Yeah,
1: so I'm sure he didn't do this lightly. No. <laughs> Not to speak for him, but No.
0: <laughs> Actually he told me what happens. <gasps> Why
1: did you whisper that into the microphone that you know is recording?
0: <laughs> Cause I'm stupid. <laughs> Avengers Alliance Facebook game launched uh this week.
1: I'm playing it.
0: You are? I am. Oh, my God. I had a
1: friend on my wall who was, like, sending of updates. I was like, you are such a tool. And he was like, no, it's actually pretty fun. I was like, it's fun so like, like real fun or fun like a job fun? And he was like, it's kind of like the old Final Fantasy games. I was like, okay, I'll jump in to take a look. And he's right. It's pretty fun.
0: It's not that fun, Corey. I don't know. The point I played, like, for five minutes. Got a little RPG interface. And then I got so annoyed. But the tutorial is
1: a little bit overbearing. Like they are really holding your hand for like the first. This is the X yeah. uh,
0: on the top right hand yeah. of the screen that you have to click on to get to the next. They screen. really, when you have
1: a built-in audience as big as Facebook, with however many millions of people using you, have to, that, you, you really have, to, do have to assume no one, like someone, this is someone's first ever game. computer game, yeah, ever. ever. So yeah, like get through the first forty minutes; it opens up a lot more. You kind of don't need people to playing with, but it helps. Blah, 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 blah. It's a Facebook game. It's it's, it's a, a distraction for ten minutes out of your day.
0: It's an interactive game, though. So <laughs> Yeah. Impact. Like,
1: it's not... Like, the thing that I like about it is it's not just, like, clicking on words like attack, attack, attack. Like, you click on icons. There's a little bit of animation. You equip your character. There's some customization. Um, yeah. It's not, not a deep game. It's not, like... You know, going to compete with something like Mass Effect or even the original. Well, how
0: would you even like even science
1: fiction computer games, or yeah. even like the original Marvel Ultimate Alliance? But no. it's a fun distraction, and it doesn't feel as much like a job as something like Farmville or Mafia Wars.
0: Does Farmville feel like a job? If
1: that was why I stopped playing it, I was like, "This is work. This has become work. I'm out." I like literally almost threw up my hands and uninstalled it. I've I was never, like, I've never, I have can not do like this. Like that,
0: uh, the Marvel Avengers Alliance. Mm-hmm. Game was my first Facebook game. See, that's, a,
1: that's not a bad game to start on.
0: Well, I'm not planning on starting <laughs> playing Facebook games. I really don't have well, the no, time.
1: I, I don't either, and this is going to be probably the only one that I do play, and I'll probably play it until Tuesday. No,
0: but I, I mean, <laughs> I, I feel like I'd I i I'd never done it before, and it was not so bad. It's a little buggy. Yeah. Like, I, I had some problems, but I was on a wireless, so I don't know if yeah. that had something to do with it because I wasn't plugged yeah, in. Yeah, I had a
1: couple of connection issues, but... Uh, I mean, it was fun. It was, fun. it was a fun distraction.
0: It's all right. I like the fact that they integrate uh, some actual comic art, too, yeah. into the game, which I thought was cool. I like the fact
1: that there's animation. Like, yeah. There's, I don't know. Maybe I've been missing out on the last few years of Facebook games, but I remember when it was all
0: text. <laughs>
1: oh, really? Yeah. Like, text with some still images.
0: Oh, my gosh. Like,
1: yeah, the fact that this has, like, animation is kind of what's blowing my mind.
0: <laughs> um, so, we do have some podcast questions. Um, we had some more news, but... <laughs> Meh. Uh, so uh, this, this comes from Foxfire Art, who I adore. <laughs> Greetings. Greetings. I hope hey, you all Foxfire. had a good week and Sarah's finally feeling better. I am. Thank you. Hey. If you could play Cupid with a pair t- and pair together any comic book characters, who would it be and how would you imagine their child? I personally always enjoyed reading the short relationships between Iceman and Mystique and X Men Supernovas Blinded by the Light.
1: Well, since you took one that actually exists, I'm going to also do that and say that uh, Black Cat and Daredevil together is awesome. So mm-hmm. awesome in fact that I wrote an article about how awesome it is.
2: Uh, as for their
1: kids, I honestly would love to see them have twins and have the girl take after Matt and the boy take after Felicia. All right. I think like her bringing him along and teaching him to be a cat burglar would be great, and Matt teaching his daughter how to kick ass in the courtroom would also mm-hmm. be pretty great.
0: This is such a big question, like because I, I always wanted to see Donna Troy and Nightwing together. There you go. During, like, Teen Titans. Yeah. Yeah. Wanted that. Yeah. Um,
1: Pretty sure you weren't the only one. (laughs) No, I wasn't.
0: Uh, I'm sure there's fan fiction. Oh, boy. That (laughs) delves into that. Don't Google it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, um, hmm. This, like, I've thought about so many different potential relationships that I wanted to see. um, But there are too many to name. So Just, we'll we'll name that one that I wish I was gonna say, happened yeah, and
1: talk about their kids.
0: That would be great. I think that their kids would be cool. And <laughs> would they have
1: powers? Would they? Uh
0: probably not. Okay. Yeah, I feel like Ooh. they wouldn't have powers, but they would be they would have really cool escrimastic s- <laughs> capabilities <laughs> and maybe some I don't know, tools like <laughs> created to by a lasso with a screen the or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I reread the ultimate uh, the old ultimates mm. Mark Miller, yeah, Quicksilver, Scarlet Witch, right. like two weeks ago. Oh, okay, and I was like, this is so creepy, but I kind of like it. Oh, <laughs> like it was always way. more implied.
1: They They never actually came out and say it until Jeff Loeb Loeb took the book over in Ultimates 3.
0: Uh, I'm trying to think. What did I... It was
1: heavily implied. Don't get me wrong. Dude,
0: like the whole scene with... I mean, it was just so funny.
1: They're like super affectionate and they hold hands and they go everywhere together. But it is never... Which is weird. You don't expect Mark Millar to be the one to tiptoe around an issue like this.
0: Well, I I think the fact that he did makes it more interesting. Well, but
1: again, like it wasn't until Ultimates 3 that we actually got like... Wolverine being like, yeah, I saw those two kids look up. It was oh, yeah, weird. Yeah, that's right. That's right.
0: It was, maybe I'm thinking of Jeff Lobes run. And actually, no. Wait, he cause, didn't say it Because she dies, right? She yes. She dies in Lobes run. Yes. yes. That's the one I'm thinking of. Because it's like the whole, like, it's that whole scene where uh, where Tony Stark has a sex tape like going right. on in the background. Which is hilarious. And then they're like, this is disgusting. We're going to go leave because right. we have a date or something. Yeah and I'm like what that's equally as gross okay no
1: no no even weirder when, when Captain, Captain America, America is like, like, I don't like the fact, fact that those two appear to be boinking.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, or that those two are so oh, affectionate. Oh yeah, and, and then was, Janet goes,
1: "Oh Cap, you're so old fashioned. I know! just in love. I it's know, like,
0: I know." And it's like, and it's like, when is incestuous relationships? When is that okay? Yeah, when is that okay? Right. What year is it? I think it was like, I think it was like maybe 150 years ago. It was more acceptable right. than it is today. Yeah, no, I'm pretty yeah. sure.
1: Yeah, that was it's like. like Wait, Janet, what do we now? What do we need to be asking about you? <laughs>
0: I know, right? Oh, man. But, but anyway, I mean, still, like, maybe it's because it's so fresh in my mind. Yeah. That it was kind of interesting to read just it because was, it, it, yeah. it, like, it like gave me the creeps. Yeah, but I was also like it, it, I like, need to
1: read more it gave you the creeps because it was also kind of oddly sweet
0: yeah 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 yeah
1: <laughs> like it was this it was this relationship born out of trauma that it was that was not a healthy relationship
0: no but it was but, interesting uh, to read so many weird comments was interesting dude they're gonna be like Sarah likes this incest <laughs> or some crap it's gonna be so bad I'm gonna be called
1: closed minded someone is gonna call me close minded I know
0: no it's all bad it's all bad all right. but it was interesting to read in the Ultimates universe I don't want Scarlet witch hooking up with Quicksilver ever in my regular universe but it was interesting to read yeah um so there's although I don't want to think about their babies because they'd probably be deformed uh, flipper babies oh god maybe Namor oh no
1: that's (laughs) ultimate Namor he's not Randy Orton after all
0: Namor and Scarlet Witch
1: that'd be interesting
0: yeah I actually like Doom and Scarlet Witch Doom
1: Doom and Scarlet Scarlet Witch Witch? yeah yeah Yeah. Horseshoof Doom or uh
0: no, <laughs> yeah, like them both. Yeah, I never
1: understood the people. Man, people were pissed about goat-legged Doom.
0: Really? Yeah, like,
1: like yeah, furious. That was why I think they, they retconned it. Oh. Yeah.
0: I mean, that would make sense as to Whatever. why they did that. I
1: d- yeah, I liked that look. I thought, oh yeah, he looks different. How terrible.
0: Spidil Spidilver Eight. I don't know. S P D Y L V R Lover. Spidey lover. There we go. Got it.
1: Clever. Clever girl.
0: Ha- okay, so here's what he, he or she asked. I've been working at my local comic shop for about the past seven months, and I love it. Yay.
2: Congratulations. I've been
0: doing some things on our Facebook page and started an email for the shop mainly so we could send our pull list, customer. pull list customers knew what new issues and trades we get every week. Basically, my question is, what do you guys think we could do to get more business at the shop? New poll customers or anyone? Oh boy. I know having a better website would help, but what else can you suggest? I listen to the show every week and would really appreciate the input. Well,
1: let, let me tell you, you uh, well, boy, I'm, I'm, I'm grappling with this very same, same, same issue over right at uh, Duke Book Store 320 West Portal Avenue, so, San Francisco, California. Uh, um, and and uh, uh, I have to say, say it's, it's, it's a difficult, difficult, I mean, it's difficult it's for any retailer. What can really help are are twofold. One, focus on on a specific type of product. By that, I mean if you want to sell single issues, really focus on having like a great single issue collection. Um, if you want to focus on like collectibles or trading cards, focus on that like a lot because you will bring in people who wouldn't normally come to a comic book store, or who or and on the other hand, who could only come into a comic book store to find what they need. Like that's the thing. You've got to compete. On convenience, and you've also got to compete on uh, not obscurity even necessarily, but that, that helps. But, um, I mean, yeah, you've got to, like, offer something that they can't get anywhere else. Otherwise, they're just going to go to Amazon or some other, <laughs> some other site like that. And also customer service, like engaging your customers, they're, like really talking to them, asking, like talking to them about their interests, like letting them tell you about their interests. Really engaging your customers because that's what people still come into comic book stores for is almost more than anything else is, is the conversations. Because you, you know what? That is something that Amazon still cannot take away or any set. I'm picking on Amazon and I actually love them. <laughs> um, is the human interaction element. Um, and, you know, the days of the outcast comic book nerd sitting alone in his mom's basement are fortunately mostly behind us. So, so people, people want to talk. You'd be surprised, surprised how engaging people, people will get if you just are like, what are you reading yeah. now? Um, so yeah, yeah beyond yeah. that, I, I can't really think of anything.
0: <laughs> I would say definitely make your website a place where people can purchase yeah. books.
1: God, yes. Um <laughs>
0: So you'll be like this person lives in
1: Norway and they want to buy from countries. us. Okay.
0: Yeah, do it. <laughs> like really take advantage of that because I think that's important. Also, a lot of uh some of the publishers give uh, have like incentive uh, retail incentives. So if you're selling books on your website, you can actually make a profit like a bigger profit or something mm-hmm. or something like that. Like there's a retailer incentive if you're if you're like selling that way. Um yep. mm-hmm. You can also set up your pull list through Comixology, which is cool as a retailer. So um, you can, like, I think you can set up an account with them, and they can help regulate like pull list. Having
1: a pull list is a great first step because you would be shocked at how many terrestrial comic book stores still don't do pull lists,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it, and it's insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: um, but Facebook is great. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: do, do not, not neglect social, social media. Do mm-hmm. not think that you're somehow above or below it. Mm-hmm. Like it is important. It is big.
0: <laughs> like maybe get like a Twitter page for your comic shop. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean that would be cool. Um, and also like, kind of like reach out to different audiences too. Mm-hmm. You know.
1: Yeah. Have a di- have a diverse collection of comics.
0: Yeah, and like like maybe do something at a local school. Mm-hmm. Get involved in the you community. Can absolutely do that. Um, like just just whatever's to,
1: around you reach out because they you know they they will they will reach back they will help you out if if you need anything if if they you know perceive you as a friend
0: <laughs> yeah like you know, schools or have or even s-
1: something that could bring them business like you know a lot of like local businesses will be like oh well if we help this place out a lot of new customers will be coming into the area and hopefully we'll get some business as well. Schools
0: have book fairs too. Yep. That still Um, happens, which I was shocked to hear. (laughs) So you should totally take advantage of that and and like go to that. Um, Comic book conventions in your area. Yeah. And also maybe not in your area.
1: They, they seem, seem expensive, expensive, but trust me, it's so you easy do to sell profit. Pro- you yet. make a profit. Yeah, you it's
0: totally e- make a profit. It's very easy to sell It's also great like networking. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah, you, you meet t- tons t- of people at convention. And also
0: other retailers, you know? Like, meet bigger retailers, figure out, you know, what are they doing right? Like, what have they been doing that I need to be doing? Like, these are all questions you need to be asking yourself. That's yeah. what I would do, but I don't own a business. Corey does. <laughs> Um, If you see this in time before recording today's podcast, please add this to my question about how to get more business at a comic shop I work at. We have two locations about 30 minutes away from each other. (laughs) (laughs) And besides us, the nearest shops are about an hour away. Our first location opened about nine years ago and the other about three and a half years ago. You and I both know there are countless great comics out there to choose from now, both mainstream and non-Marvel and DC. So based on all the shops you guys have been to – what do you look for in a good comic shop? And what, Corey, have you done to promote your new shop that you can suggest we all do to get some more business?
1: <laughs> hey, y'all have been around for a lot longer than we have. Uh, um, I mean, just the thing that I said before about the employees. That will, that more than anything will make or break the store for so Absolutely.
0: Much. Like, there have been times where I've gone into a comic shop and I felt like people just didn't talk to me. Right. You know, and I don't want to be... Like, that's part of the reason why you go in there. Yeah. Because you want to talk about comic books with someone. I remember at the,
1: the store that I... Uh, that was near where I grew up, uh, in a small town, had
0: basically two people
1: worked there. The owner and a single employee. And the single employee was a colossal jerk. Um, like, just really super hostile, basically, to anyone that he didn't know. And I, I didn't know what his problem was, because I was a very small child. But... You need to like be careful for stuff like that because sometimes you know you hire someone you think they're great and it turns out like uh they've been giving the cold shoulder to customers. What yeah. the hell? I, I haven't personally like, experienced this. I know, this, like I hate to
0: say this, but I know that like sometimes when I go in a comic store, like I get the feeling that the person behind the counter like feels like he knows more than I do, so he kind of treats me badly. Yeah,
1: or like God forbid you buy like a Spider-Man comic. Oh my gosh! <laughs>
0: End of the world. You have no taste end of the world. (laughs) Um, And that's not how you treat people, because there's a reason why Spider-Man sells so many copies.
1: Um,
0: And it's also what's keeping the industry alive. Like, I hate to say it, but it's true.
1: Sorry. Uh, Like, that comic written by that dude you know is... uh might be, be good, good, but, but uh, it's not going like, to keep for, it's, publishers It's upload. also not for everybody. And, yeah, it, you it's know? not. You know?
0: um, and there's nothing wrong with a good superhero comic book once in a while. Yeah. I think that it's really important to really treat people with respect when, you, when they come into your store. Yeah. That's number one. I totally agree with you, Corey. Um, and also... At
1: the same time, though, don't take no crap. Cause, and I, I mean that for real, because like, if you start... Like, caving into unreasonable demands, people will just make more of them. Like, I learned that at the job that I worked before this one, where, the more like, and, you know, their whole thing was like, well, if we give into their demands this once, they'll probably be back. And it's like, yeah, making those same unreasonable demands that you'll keep caving into so you're not actually making any money. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if, unless this is obviously a, a corporate-owned shop, which it doesn't sound like it is, then put your foot down. Like, if a customer is being rude, tell them to leave. <laughs> like, because you have to have respect for yourself in yeah. your store. Yeah. Otherwise, no. Otherwise, your customers won't have any respect for you.
0: Yeah, but the customers are also always right.
1: No, that is the biggest lie in retail. No, but it's true. <laughs>
0: it really, you really have though. to treat it that way, though, Corey. You have to. Like don't. Like this morning. Just... This morning, I went into a, a coffee shop, independently owned, because I don't really like to go to Starbucks. Um, and this woman comes in, and she's drinking the orange juice and she's got this look on her face like she's like (laughs) scowling Mm -hmm. and I look over at her like discreetly I'm like what is this girl's problem and then all of a sudden she goes this is not fresh squeezed to the man who owns the place Uh and I'm like huh and she's like are you sure this is not concentrate Uh and he's like uh no it's fresh squeezed I mean we don't freshly squeeze it here but it's fresh squeezed orange juice. It's not from concentrate. Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure about that. Giving him like a major attitude,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I'm like, <laughs> what, Billy? Really? It's orange juice. <laughs> right. I'm sh- I'm sorry, somebody didn't just like sit there and squeeze it for you, <laughs> like in your face, so that you know that it's been like freshly squeezed. But I'm sure it tastes just fine.
1: I'm so, not saying fly why? off the handle. For every little thing, yeah, and certainly, certainly don't, don't behave, behave like, like a jerk but to someone who's not. He was like, like
0: a he jerk. was like, I'll give you your money back. Give me the orange juice that's half drank. And I was like. More power to you because uh, it's it was annoying. Like it was well, annoying for me as another customer to just sit there and be like, "Really, you're complaining about this?" I mean, she yeah, like, like, I'm so picky about my orange juice. Uh, so I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I'm not
1: sure how I would have handled that situation. Well, <laughs> I'm totally I mean, thinking about it, you've got
0: to You've got it. I'm saying,
1: like, someone demanding like a discount because a cover, like a trade cover, is like has a little notch in the corner or something. It's mm-hmm. like it's, it's stuff like, like that. that. It's not like not you need to draw the line somewhere. somewhere. And like I said, I'm not saying like fly off the handle and just like escalate things like never escalate things for one thing but um, I'm saying you, there needs to come a point where you have respect for yourself, yourself your store and your product mm-hmm. and what you're selling hmm
0: <laughs> um, what do I look for in a comic store as far as like merchandise there was a book that collected all of the old Felix the comic Felix the cat comic books oh wow yeah, and look at the background of my phone. It is
1: Felix the cat. Okay, so the wonderful, wonderful cat.
0: When I went into the store,
1: whenever he gets in a fix, <laughs> he reaches into his bag of tricks.
0: Felix. <laughs> Felix the cat. The wonderful cat. Um, so I, uh, I went in and I from at the corner of my eye on the bottom shelf, I was like, no way. So I picked it up, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's the reprints of all his old comics, which are so expensive to buy single issues of. I'll bet. And I've seen them, and it's, like, $150 for one comic book. And it's been, like, what do I, I – I really want this, but I cannot afford. So I paid 30 bucks for, like, a bunch of reprints, which was so cool. And they're collected in, like, this this paperback trade. And That's like, awesome. It was great. <laughs> like, that – it was such a good buy for me. Like, I really, really liked that. And um, it's obscure things like that, you know, stuff that is hard to find that you find collected. And that's
1: why you need that diversity of product.
0: Because there are people out there who specifically look for those kinds of things. Um, So that's what I look for. Felix the Cat, like old Tintin comic books, um, like classic comics. I would love, like, I I would want to buy those because those are the kind of books (coughs) I want in my collection. Um, Uh, This is
1: going to sound super snobby, but I really like European comics. Um,
0: Why is that snobby? Because
1: mm, I prefer the European comics with the avant-garde.
0: are good, but, uh, I'm talking about,
1: like, Judge Dredd. I absolutely love Dude, of Judge course. Dredd. Um, but, yeah, and, like, a lot of Warren Ellis' like, earlier stuff, the two-issue stuff that he did with Avatar. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, yeah, just yeah, just stuff like that. that. Like, like, yeah, stuff will that will make people come, come into your store, store for it because the they can't, can't find it anywhere else.
0: Mm. So Red Parker asks, Why not have... A popular writer work with the creative teams, or even write for, of low-selling books for a short period of time to get the sales up. Not to say it would be a cure for all low-selling books, but it would at least boost sales for a small amount of time. I feel like DC is going to continue to cancel books that aren't doing well in sales, rather than to build up a gallery of interesting characters, which I feel creates an infinite loop of crap content. (laughs) Like many others, sometimes I feel like I could write arcs for some of these books, better than the current writers. But I guess there's a reason why they're paid to do it and many people aren't.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess just from a a cold calculated perspective, the reason that they don't do that is either A, the writer doesn't feel like it's worth their time, Mm -hmm. which is a valid point of view, especially if they don't want to write the book. Or it's, it's a risk. risk. Like, what, what if it doesn't boost the sales? Then you you've got this writer that you're still paying their big ball and writer salary mm-hmm. to write a book that is tanking,
0: mm-hmm. which sometimes happens. So I mean,
1: it's kind of like you're doubling your loss. I'm
0: sure Jimmy Palmiotti is not very cheap, right? <laughs> and Power Girl sales were not the best. Also, that
1: was actually not a Power Girl title. It was called JSA Classified. Power Girl? No, the, the, the he one was with on the, her... the boob window and that whole word she was justified on her.
0: that oh that was Jeff Johns that was Jeff Johns Jeff Johns wrote that oh alright <laughs> bad bad sorry Jeff not your best no but Jimmy Jimmy actually wrote her ongoing series with Amanda Connor right and Justin Gray I'm thinking of something else though. you are thinking of something else okay but that something,
1: book I, I'm remembering Amanda Connor's art
0: that book was at like 20,000 consistently mm-hmm. But because it was consistent, DC kept releasing. Yeah, that's not terrible numbers. It's not terrible, but it's pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, It was like pretty low on their list of sales, Um, but it was consistently there. You know, it didn't really drop off. So they kept them on the book until Jimmy decided to leave. Like Jimmy, Justin, and Amanda decided to leave to work on other things. But like the point is, like those three people are not cheap to have on a book. I'm sure because they're pretty big name people. You know. They're not Jeff Johns. Right. But they're pretty big-name people. Um, You're not going to find Jeff Johns on Batgirl. Right. Or on... Unless
1: he he has got, got like, a story that he absolutely positively must tell.
0: Must tell. (laughs) Uh, I mean, you, like, you really have to reserve those people. And I think that the publishers see it this way, like... You have to reserve those people for specific titles, mm-hmm. you know, because you you only have so much of them to like spread around.
1: Unless you're Brian Bendis and you can write eight books, <laughs> right? But even then, I'm kind of like,
0: how is he doing it? You know, uh, but yeah, you're not going to pay Grant Morrison to write Teen Titans, right? It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, but I think that instead of instead of doing that like taking big name writers or big name artists and adding them to a book. I think what the publishers do is they throw in Batman. <laughs> so they have, Batman like,
1: is DC's Wolverine. It <laughs> it before, it's true. It <laughs> um,
0: especially lately. Yeah. Like Batman's appeared in so many books Ugh. that I'm, I'm like, okay, I, he's oversaturated the market. Like yeah. I don't even like Batman now. I am I'm exaggerating, but that's how I feel a little bit. Um, Screw
1: you, Scott Scott Snyder. Snyder. Batman's (laughs) done.
0: (laughs) But that's always easier. That's a joke. It's always easier to take the character and throw it into a book than it is to take a writer that is super expensive and then take that risk. Because
1: you don't have to pay for the character. Right.
0: Because it's expensive, you know? Like, you you can take a character, you can throw him into a book for two issues, and it doesn't affect continuity, and you're still getting the sort of same reaction. So... But I agree with you. I mean, it would be great to have, like, Grant Morrison write some rando, yeah. rando book.
1: Rando. <laughs> he's rando. my he's my favorite superhero, rando. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, okay. Sarah, what exactly rubbed you the wrong way about Agent Fallon putting on armor in issue 6 of Voodoo? I mean, it made sense. You would want wanted to fight against an entire facility <laughs> full of armed soldiers unprotected. Well it would be pretty cool. It would be. I mean, come on. <laughs> um, also, fighting in armor, it was what she used to do before being promoted to where she is now. This isn't really a question. I just want to say regarding the discussion of appropriate cosplaying that if male cosplayers can dress like this, Tony edited it, it was a pick of some 300 Spartacus yeah. dudes and a dude with no shirt dressed as GL. Then female cosplayers should be able to dress like Deja Taurus, Emma Frost, Tigra, or other scantily clad character, postman. Fair enough, postman. Um, however, uh, I'll never forget because sometimes you can't like unsee things that you've seen. Right, totally. Uh, a cosplayer who was like completely nude.
1: <laughs> well, at any. I kind. mean, she
0: had like really small panties on. Right. But that was it. They were really <laughs> small
1: just no top. No top. Wow. How is was that legal?
0: It's not. Like she got kicked out. Oh jeez. But uh I would argue that I'd argue that I still don't want to see that at Comic-Con. Yeah, not necessarily. Just just cuz like I just don't think it
1: at a, at, at a certain, certain point, you've got to wonder, like, you are you really that passionate about the character, or are you just trying to get people to look at you? And Dude, that's, that's right? men, men and women. I'm not just saying and chicks I mean, do that. And, like,
0: like, if you're going to do that, at least get paid to do that, right? Right. right oh. I'm not going to talk about cosplaying, because I could just go on and on about it. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I've done it. Like, it's fun. You know, I don't have a problem with Tigra, Emma Frost, or any other scantily clad character. In fact, like I've seen some really cool Red Sonia costumes that are like chainmail, and they looked like Red Sonia, and I was like, "Dude, that is a great <laughs> costume." However, there will always be that one person who dresses up like I don't know, like just a piece of thong underwear and some bracelets.
1: <laughs> who, who is that? Who's that character? Deja Torres. Oh, okay.
0: I don't know. Like, like that's fine. Everybody has their opinions. Right. I don't have to be totally down with nudity all the yeah. time at comic-con there's a place for nudity right nude beaches yes <laughs> or the strip club
1: or a studio in fresno <laughs> or a studio
0: in fresno <laughs> so uh as far as what exactly rubbed me the wrong way about asian fallon putting on armor well i mean it wasn't bad or anything like it's fine it's just that we didn't even see her face because she had like a mask on the whole time you know so we didn't really know it was Agent Fallon. We just kind of assumed because, and it was implied in like the panel. But um, you give me like a chick that is a cop with like a really short haircut and a really badass attitude and a set of guns, like twenty-two calibers, and I'll take that any day over like a chick in full body suit armor and dressed up like Iron Man. There's just something cooler about like because because i can relate to that woman who is like such a freaking cool character you know wielding some pistols being all badass than i can like a suit of armor i just think it's cooler i'm not saying that i wanted her to go into this crazy facility take on these robots and just with just like two pistols although if Lara croft can do it i'm sure somebody (laughs) else can too but...
1: Um, <coughs> Maybe not the best example. Do you know... That. No, i have not... Obviously.
0: Obviously. But she did fight a T-Rex once. She did. So, I'm... In I, her,
1: like, tank top and shorty shorts. Right? And daisy Duke.
0: Yeah, doing backflips. How'd she do that? Oh. Uh, I <sighs> loved that game. Tomb Raider One, For the PlayStation. Oh, yeah. That was... I was there. Oh,
1: I've, I've been. I'm OG, original gamer, y'all.
0: <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. I that, that's just the way I feel. You know, like I'm not trying to be negative about it. That's just my opinion. Uh, Corey, what do you? I,
1: I I'm. I've never done cosplay. I always like to see it. Uh, even the 50 year old men dressed as Sailor Moon. Uh, it always is at least like.
0: Dude, yeah. that's the best one. Like, like that's,
1: that's the there's someone you know is passionate about that character. Dag Nabbit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> of <Or> course, something.
1: <laughs> um, so, no, I think cosplay is fine, but I, I absolutely agree with you. Um, and I would consider myself even more, I don't want to say open-minded, because then that makes you sound like a jerk. But, um, But yeah, no, nudity has its place. Um, and it's not at a comics convention, necessarily. It just doesn't seem terribly sanitary. And I'm totally
0: okay with, like, I'm a Frost costumes. I've yeah. seen plenty. Like, it's fine, you know? It's just literally, like, the smallest underwear i've ever seen <laughs> on a girl uh, and that's it is not cosplay yeah it's just kind of gross <laughs> strip club right
1: anyway moving leave on leave
0: something to the imagination okay um so we had so many questions for james robinson that we can't ask because he's not here no anymore. he is he's just been
1: really quiet this time
0: <laughs> um but I guess that's it. Like, All right. yeah. Unfortunately, I'm like I'm so sorry, guys, about this the situation. You know what? We
1: still managed to get an hour and ten with just you and me. I think that's no pretty way. cool. Yeah, dude. It's three forty. High five. five. Yeah. Yeah, Corey.
0: <laughs> um, I mean that was pretty good, right? An hour yeah. and ten minutes. I don't don't
1: don't ask. Say it. That was really good. That
0: was really good. Backup <laughs> podcast, saving face, damage Woof. control. That's. We'll call this the damage control we podcast, will. and
1: then we can have the damage control logo Let's as do the it. as the picture. Do it, <laughs> do it. What um, you stupid? Yeah.
0: So Tony will be back next week for the podcast, but hopefully we'll have James Robinson in to answer all of the questions that you guys submitted uh, on Monday, and the podcast will be up first thing Tuesday morning. Fingers crossed he actually makes it in. Because if he doesn't, I will swear to God, <laughs> I will go to his house and I'll be like, dude, you promised.
1: James. Jimmy Jam. Yeah. I'm Jimmy Jam.
0: But um, that's it. Thank you so much, Corey, for staying extra long time. Absolutely. You Absolutely. do get paid, though, I so I don't feel here. that bad. <laughs> not that bad. Um, I'm
1: going to go and buy a Chipotle burrito.
0: Yeah, do that because I'm so hung- I'm I am hungry. I'm so hungry. I really want some <laughs> food. Um, So, yeah, that, that about does it for this week's Comic Vine podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, we will get all your low slain being dead in Earth 2 <laughs> questions answered. What? Yeah, that <laughs> happens. <laughs> and on that note, we will end it there. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great weekend. Later, y'all.